Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. I hope you're having a great day. You're listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. The podcast focuses on business owners, service managers, and technicians who are considering becoming business owners. I'm your host, Turch Blissett. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Service Titan. If you listen to very many of the episodes, you'll know that I use Service Titan and I really enjoy all the features that they have with the program. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how Service Titan can help improve the client and the technician's experience. A lot of times we focus on the client's experience, a homeowner's experience, that type of stuff, and then we neglect how technicians feel about things. So that's one of the things that Service Titan really is focusing on, and they're really working to improve it. I had a great time talking to Nakil. There's a ton of extra features that are coming out soon that we weren't able to talk about, but we'll definitely have to have him back on the show so that he can tell us a little bit about the features once they're released in the beginning to middle of next year. Uh, that would be first or second quarter of 2019. So without any further ado, have a listen to the conversation between myself and Nikhil. I'm here with Nikhil with Service Titan. As you all know, I use Service Titan. I'm a fan of Service Titan. And it's because of the great things that they do. They're always adding features. There's always products that are being added, but also developed. And there's an entire support system with forums and everything else that are involved. And I can just go on for days with the things that I really like and rave about Service Titan. But instead of me being the cheerleader today, we're going <laughs> to dig deep into Service Titan a little bit with Nikhil. And I want to welcome you into the podcast. Thank you so much, Turch. It's great to be here. My name is Nikhil. Been at Service Titan now a couple of years, and it's been a great ride. And I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but what did you do before you were with Service Titan? So I've been in technology for the past about nine years. Okay, I was not born and bred in the trades, but at this point, I feel like I've been embedded enough to where I really kind of love this space, and it's a great space to be in. A- speaking with customers and just learning about the industry. And yes, yeah, so I was in technology for my whole life so far. So now what is your actual role at Service Titan? At Service Titan, I'm in product marketing. So her job is to be the voice of the customer, really understand what your pain points are and what you're looking for in the product, what your use cases are, what your business goals are, and then really make sure we're getting that voice heard in, internally in the company and on the product side, on the customer support and success side, and on the sales side. You're obviously doing a good job because we, as people have an issue with anything or a potential pain point or something that could be improved slightly here or there tweaked, it seems like within a couple of months, it's done. And that's a big task with as many clients as you have and as large as the company is. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. And we definitely want to incorporate all of that customer feedback into that product life cycle. And obviously we have lots of priorities and we're, we're making sure we're we're addressing them in the best way that possible for the customer. Absolutely. So for those of you who don't use Service Titan and you don't know, there's actually an entire forum that's dedicated to your questions or if you have a concern or anything that you could bring to the table that you could see to improve the workflow. And you have the ability to get voted on kind of like a Reddit type setup and the more important ones get tabled higher to the list and stuff. So it's really cool to watch how that plays out over the year. Absolutely. 
let's dive down into this. So we have a couple of things that we want to talk on the agenda. We don't want to talk for hours on end. So number one, we get more sales in the homeowner experience. That's the two sides of the same coin. And can you give us some examples of that and kind of dive into that a little bit? And so this is something that I, it's really clicked for me after being here again a couple of years is you see a lot of different technology and products and players in this home services space that we're calling home services or contracting software. And what really kind of hit home to me when I really understood the product and the customer needs after speaking with lots of prospective customers, as well as some of our top customers, is just that what really is different about, and I'll use Service Titan as an example here, but we're kind of built from the ground up for audiences. A lot of let's say mobile apps that are built for home services are built for really just one use case or one reason. And that's to make your technicians a little bit more efficient on the field, maybe streamline operations a bit internally. But at the end of the day, it's built for just one user or audience, the technician. So we build for that technician, absolutely. But we also build for another audience and that's the homeowner. So that mobile app, for example, can be shown to the customer, that tablet can be spun around and everything that the technician is seeing is built for the customer to see as well. So it looks good. It's consumable. It's built in a way that the customer can have complete information about what the problem might be in the home, what their options are, what the potential solutions are. So they can really make the best decision based on complete information. And at the end of the day, when they have that great experience, it ultimately we've seen in the statistics, it drives a higher average ticket overall. And so we like to really just think about the homeowner experience and not just think about sales and the sales come with the homeowner experience. Yeah, you bring up a good point. It makes it easier for the technician also because they don't have to remember to go into a third-party app to do X, Y, and Z. Everything is so streamlined. It creates the training program portion of it is one thing, but whenever you're grasping the technician grasp like how easy it is, especially if they use other programs, it's like, oh, well, that was a lot easier, a lot less input on my behalf. Like whenever you're doing financing, a lot of people will know that I love the fact that you have the financing features built right into the program. And it's so simple. Like whenever they're presenting the price, even on a service call, there's people out there that can't afford $1,400. And so whenever they present the price to the client, it says monthly payments as low as such and such, and they can finance it or they can apply for financing right there on the spot without having to go to a website or send a link to something or anything like that. That's right. Yeah, it's out, all out of the box. And like you're saying, Tersh, it makes it a lot easier for, again, the homeowner, but also the technician, right? They can reduce a lot of that friction. They don't have to fill out forms. They don't have to go to another application, go back to the truck and get some paperwork out. The technicians aren't necessarily in this profession to be salespeople. I think we could agree on that. And so the more that we can do to help them stay true to what they are trying to do and what they want to do in their careers and be the best version of themselves, the more we want to do that. So we like to help the app kind of sell itself and help the homeowner make the best decision with, again, the financing, for example, it's right there with the click of a button. So there's no sticker shock. It'll increase that homeowners buying power, and again, help them make the best decision because it presents the options in a very visually logical way, as well as just a more consumable way. So you could compare in the experience of, let's say, a scanned form that shows different options, and then maybe you have to go to the next page to see the best option. It's art to good, better, best, as we all know, and you've got to kind of have this logical flow and have 
kind of cliffs of value that show what are the different options and so they can make the best decision. And that's what the app does. It presents it in a way, and this is just one example that, again, makes it digestible for the homeowner. Oh, absolutely. Before we were using Service Titan, we had the ability to finance, but we financed very little. After starting to use Service Titan, it seems like I should have looked this up beforehand, but <laughs> to tell you the exact percentage that we get financed, but the financing shot up. It shot through the roof because some people were before they would just spend a couple hundred dollars and getting refrigerant added to the system. And now it's going to changing out and repairing the actual problem instead of trying to wait till next year, see if it can get me through the summer or get me through the winter type mentality. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, let's say, booking online option. Yeah. And online booking is something that we launched a whole updated feature for that this past year. That's an example of where, because we're built from the ground up, and again, by founders and technologists who were born and bred in the trades, as you know, R. and Bahe's fathers are still active contractors. They really understand kind of how the homeowner life cycle is, what the workflows are. And so if you plot out the key steps of this life cycle, we've optimized the product to address every step of that and actually help move the needle on whatever KPI a company might have, a home services company might have for their business. So if we look at the front end of that life cycle, you initially want to obviously increase leads to your website and get more book jobs out of those leads. And then one way to do that is obviously with the the CSR functionality, but when it comes to online booking, that's a whole nother channel that you can use to, again, increase those leads and increase those book jobs because you want to ultimately obviously get good leads that see your brand and you guys do see your reviews, see how great you are, and then book that job with the click of a button. So we've enabled businesses to extend that reach to services, you know, not just Yelp, but other services to where you're more searchable and discoverable and the customer has the context around the reviews, what you guys do, and can just book it with no friction with one click of a button. They don't necessarily have to pick up the phone, although they still have that option. And whether we like it or not, I think we all know that the target base these days are millennials and many of them don't like to pick up the phone and know how to talk on the phone anymore. So, so <laughs> what we can do to reduce that antiquated behavior for millennials, the better it is. Absolutely. So a lot of times people will talk about it in a negative fashion, but rather than doing that, just find a solution to it. And that solution seems to be booking online. And so you have the ability to integrate with Yelp. And so they can book through Yelp or they can book through your website, which is great. Are there other options or are those the only ones that I can't think of anything else off my head? Yeah, they can, like you mentioned, put a widget on their website. So okay, yeah, to your number, and then there's channels like Google Home Services that, that we're exploring and things like that. So there's many, many channels on tap that we're looking at. The online, the estimates. Whenever an estimate is presented to the client, can you go through that process just a little bit? Yeah, and that's an example too of where you see different versions of digital estimates. One might say we have the ability to do a digital estimate. Well, when you actually look at that under the hood, it might just be, for example, an estimate that literally looks like a piece of paper that was scanned and is sent somehow to the customer or shown on the mobile app, and they've got to either sign it manually after printing it or potentially maybe they have digital signatures. But when you look at that experience and compare it to, let's take, an Amazon shopping cart experience, they're very different experiences when you see what's in your shopping cart, which let's just call it an estimate for now. And this is the picture of what you're getting. This is how much it costs. 
How much is in your cart? Would you like to actually close that estimate? Just compare those two experiences. They're both could be called digital estimates or online estimates, but one's very different than the other. And we like to be the latter experience and not the former. That's another new feature we've launched this past year where that technician can show the estimate in a really great format on the mobile app or tablet to the customer. They can look at it. They can either close it there or the technician right from the app can just send it directly to their email. And then within their email, they'll get that same experience of looking at this really great looking estimate that shows the pictures and options. And then they can, again, make that best decision. Do they want to close their estimate? And we have a stat that it has increased um, the number of closed estimates in terms of that rate by a significant percentage just because of that experience. Yeah, I like it. And I like the fact that this isn't necessarily the estimate portion, but the whenever they approve the work. So as soon as they've approved any kind of work, like adding refrigerant to the system, they approved it and then it gives you the dollar amount that they approved. And then if that dollar amount is different than what the final dollar amount is, they have to go back and approve it again. Well, they can say you approved like 10 pounds of refrigerant and you only needed eight. So whenever they approved that the first dollar amount, the actual dollar amount they had to pay was less. So they had to sign that and then sign that saying it's completed and it's all saved. All three of those signatures are there saved on the invoice so they can see it. Exactly. Yeah. And again, it's like just build it for the customer, whatever they're used to do or would like to do, put the control in their hands and you'll have a better outcome. Yeah. And it's a customer experience that we're all going for. I mean, we all say that I mean, it's a buzzword and everything, but to actually present that in the customer's point of view, it's really hard for us in the industry to get out of the industry mindset. It's hard for me to say, okay, as the technician, this is how I feel because I'm not the technician. And the same with the client. It's hard for us to say, well, this is what the client should expect, or this is what the client wants. But in fact, that's not always the case. So it's great to see things because it's so standard in our industry. We assume that's what the client wants, but that's not the case. It's going outside of that box is really cool. And there's an education piece there. I think that the assumption sometimes is that, well, the homeowner is not really a subject matter expert in a lot of this just because most people don't know about what equipment they might need or what needs to be done. But the more we can educate them or the technician can educate them and help them diagnose the problem, the better they'll understand it and want to make sure it's solved the right way as opposed to just choosing the lowest option, right? So when you go to the doctor, I'd love my x-ray to be explained to me rather than kind of just being said, this is what you need to do. No, I agree with that 100%. I think we've most of us have experienced both sides of that coin where they throw it up there and like, okay, it's broke. We need to fix it. Or they say, oh, well, this is this fragment here. It's broke here. We're going to put a pin in here and then you're going to be fine in a couple of weeks, but it's a big difference in the customer experience there. Let's talk a little bit about the marketing. So with marketing too, I touched on this a few minutes ago in terms of the entire life cycle. We look at it from really what does that homeowner journey look like? And it's not just about what we call as marketers, that top of the funnel, right? Where it's not just about increasing those leads, right? You want to make sure you're getting quality leads to your website or book when it comes to online bookings, you want to make sure those those estimates are closed, those jobs are booked. And so every step of that life cycle, there's a marketing component. There's a customer experience component. And so the marketing doesn't stop at the top. And that's how we built our product when it comes to really automating that marketing, as well as you having visibility into what's going on when it comes to marketing spend at each step of the way. So I think that's, again, just one way we look at it. There's a like the marketing kind of goes into 
I don't know, it may be a fine line, the communicating with a client and marketing, because I've had clients who have shared text messages that they've received that said that the technician was on their way. This is the description of the technician or however it's worded. I don't remember off the top of my head. And they were like, well, this is so cool. Like I see the technician's face before he ever gets here. And I know like his history, a little bit about him and his rating, how he's rated by other people. And then they get a link set up like a Uber type link where they track the technician all the way to their house. And then they have, as soon as the technician leaves, pull out the driveway and then they get another text message and email asking for a review. And so that helps shoot our reviews through the roof, which helps with the marketing aspect of it. So, I mean, it's kind of all. Exactly. And that's, that's that last step of that journey is that review. So it doesn't stop at the beginning. You want to make sure those Yelp reviews are coming in, whether they're good or bad, you, hopefully they're great, but you want to make sure you're getting that critical mass of reviews and data to get your search to the top to make sure there's enough data for the homeowner to make that decision and ultimately book online. And like you mentioned, it's just full circle and it, it really closes the loop there. I mean, it's funny when you say about the tech tracking, again, a lot of folks might have some version of that, but we like to send a picture of the technician, whoever's coming into your house, the bio, and you could back a year or two ago, we're able to start tracking our Domino's pizzas, right? Which are $10, but you couldn't track even <laughs> who your technician is or where your XC25 is, a $10,000 piece of equipment. So and that's kind of just a, a mind shift that needs to happen. And we're, we're trying to get in front of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's great. It blows people's mind. I get calls all the time and they're like, that feature that sets you apart from anybody else I've ever experienced, any other service industry that I have to deal with. The fact that I get those text message notifications the night before I get a reminder that you're coming out, like all of that stuff is is stuff that's just unheard of. I don't experience that with anybody else other than you. So they're like, whatever you're doing there, just keep doing that because that's worth the service call on its own. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's not a simple robot that's saying, do you want to refill your prescription press one or two? This is a very personalized message. And ultimately, you can now even have a two-way conversation where the homeowner can initiate a dialogue with the technician. So that's a whole nother exciting feature we launched. So it's really, really personalized. Yeah, that's really cool. So that like, I get tongue-tied just thinking about that, having that conversation with them. And then it's recorded. So it's all there. And I was talking to a couple of people in a mastermind group with me and we were talking about the forums like happy call forums and attaching those forms to every call after the technician leaves the house. The dispatcher can call and do a follow up call and it's all recorded. It stays with that call or with that job. And then the phone conversations are all attached to everything. So whenever something happens, you can go right back to that phone call and listen to the phone call. You're not taking somebody's word at what was said. You're actually listening to it verbatim and it's stored there forever. Right. And, and whether that's the owner listening to it or the technician or the CSR to help their jobs, help kind of scale that training as you're hiring more and more folks in the back office. I'll admit that I have taken and listened to them and used some for, I've sent this message to somebody and said, hey, just tell me the mistakes that were made. And then they can just pick apart their recording and say, oh, okay, well, then they know where to work on it. And you can listen to them after that. And those mistakes don't happen, not as often anyways. And the technicians love it because the night before I have one tech that just listens to all the calls so he can hear, he can be prepared for the next day, kind of what they said versus what was written down, because it's not always the same amount or the same time. Great example of that. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was excited about. <laughs> no, and, and that's one of the things that we, for even the smaller shops out there that maybe grow into, they want to hit their first 500K or heck, 100K, 200K in revenue. And they're trying to hit that first milestone. And they're looking at, let's look at, let's say the price of a technology and it may be a high price point. Well, if it's built in such a way that it's ground up helping you re-engineer or actually be the foundation of your business. That's something that's a lot more than simply being a tool that you're using to do one thing. It's helping you instill a process and just to take the call recording example, compliance and adherence to that across the business. And all of that stuff helps you build the business more efficiently as you grow. And so you hit that milestone. And so we want to be the technology that is the foundation for your business, whether it's on the customer experience side, on the back office side, or helping you just kind of create that platform for your business growth. And so that's the way we're thinking about it. Yeah. And I like what you said there with the restructuring versus creating the initial structure. And that's the way that I created Icebound. I didn't want to have to restructure it later. That's a big deal. So it's some people see it as a major expense, but there's a couple of guys, there's a, a guy named Josh that I see him make this comment all the time in all the Facebook groups. And he says, I spent X, Y, and Z dollar amount on this, but the amount of productivity that increased and the revenue that increased year over year is astronomical, like 60 or 70% growth. And he had been at the same growth for several years, maybe at the same dollar amount, several years, and then just implementing Service Titan, he went over to 70% growth. And it was because of the productivity that it allotted him and he didn't have to hire people. Like there's times whenever I, if I was using anything else, I would have to hire more office staff. But because of the AI that's built into Service Titan, it allows me the ability not to do that. So, I mean, what's it worth to not have to pay a, another office staff member? Is the program worth that much? And I'm not saying that that's how much it costs. It's just the value is being built there. Right. Yeah. So we can look at it that way, too. And we're also not saying like necessarily have to minimize that back office. But at the same time, if that's a business objective, that's there. But when you get to a certain point of growth, you might want to actually start hiring, let's say, a broader team like an operations manager or operations leader running that function. And as an owner, you want them to basically, at the end of the day, roll up a report that shows you business health and where the opportunities are, where the gaps are. And at that point, we have really robust customer reporting and dashboards where it's not just a static dashboard on your screen, but it's mobile. It's looking at all parts of the business. It enables that operations leader to segment those business units. And not just roll up a standard report to you, but actually say, well, here's kind of some business opportunities where we could actually maximize or further growth more than we actually expected. And as an operations leader, I'd love to be able to do that. It's good for my career. So whether you want to look at your back office efficiency and streamline that, or if you want to actually start growing even more, these features will kind of help you do that. I like that. There's a quote that I don't know who said it, but I say it all the time. I didn't come up with it. It's probably some famous philosopher, but it's, you don't know what you don't know until you know. And it's crazy how much that is true because you don't know what you didn't know or what you were missing on a daily basis until you, it's right there in front of your face. And you're like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like I, didn't, I had no idea you could track that or anything at all. Like the percentage of times that my service technicians arrive on time to their first job. So we don't guarantee times anytime except for the first job. So some people will wait three and four days so that they get that eight o'clock 
service call because that's the only one that we guarantee the time. So if you're late for that call when they waited four or five days for it, like seriously, dude, that's the only one that we told them they we could give them an exact time and you're late to it. How often does that happen? And being able to build tracks, things to track that kind of stuff is really cool. So with that, is the 2.0 section, is that ever going to be standard or is legacy always going to be like the standard reporting? Do you know that question? So in terms of the 2.0, I assume you're referring to the, the recent launch of, of custom reporting and dashboards. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that will be the new standard. And I'm happy to speak with the person who heads that up, but that's my understanding. Okay, cool. And so another thing that's coming out, we don't have much details, but it is very exciting, is the ability to do some outside marketing with Service Titan too. And that's probably not coming until Q1, Q2, probably. Yeah. So, and we had a really great ST marketing. That's the name of the product there. And we had a great webinar on that led by the team who heads that up last week. So I actually can send you a link to cross-reference that, but that's super exciting. And that's just around the corner and that's going to enable just a whole new level of optimizing your marketing spend and optimizing that visibility. Yeah. And I mean, we track or we collect email addresses every time we catch a service call. So why not use that as in our funnel for the marketing aspect of it? And then we also, Service Titan tracks so many things in your follow-up section. As a business owner, are you reaching out and checking all those follow-ups? Are you trying to close those follow-ups on a regular basis? That's a huge problem in our industry. We have this black hole of death where our invoices live, where our estimates live. And if you're not following up with those estimates that were declined at the time, but it wasn't because they were just opposed to it, they were just, eh, not right now. So let's do some follow-ups. Yeah. And we see that same issue. It's funny you say that just across every business, even ours, right? When we're talking to someone, we want to not throw them in that black hole, but continue to nurture them and follow up. And that's just a gold mine of data and information and relationship building that we want to help you do. Because again, it is full circle and we don't want to have to start from square one when we're re-engaging. Yeah, absolutely. And you have those people already. Like it's already there. You don't have to pay for those. You don't have to spend money on any of your pay for lead sites. It's there. It's, it's, I mean, we're throwing money at these pay for lead sites. And then we have these other leads that are just not even being called or nurtured or anything like that. So that's really exciting whenever that'll be able to be used. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned for that. I know it's just around the corner. I'm not going to say a date just because I'm not the product manager for that. So, I <laughs> Yeah, 100%. I hate to stick my foot in my mouth on that one. But we did have a last week, so that means it's definitely around the corner. And we've already kind of communicated a lot of that externally. So I'm glad you touched on that. Yeah, the webinar was really good. I watched it. And so it's really exciting, all of the information that's there that was released on that. Cool. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we get off of here? I mean, I could talk with you a lot longer too. I'm glad we hit on a lot of those key points. If anybody has any questions or anything, what link do we send to them? We have a link just for you, Tersh, uh, com forward slash Tersh. Forward slash Tersh. Okay. And that's T-E-R-S-H. And we'll put that in the show notes. So I appreciate you spending some time and talking with us. This was great. Thank you, Tersh. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm Brian Orr. This podcast is a proud member of the Blue Collar Roots Network, and you can find out more by going to bluecollarroots.com. You can also listen to this podcast at bluecollarroots.com. 
The best way to listen to a podcast is by doing so on an application on your phone, an app on your phone. So if you have an Apple phone, an iPhone, then you can use the little purple tower right on your phone, call the podcast app, and listen to this podcast anytime just by typing in Service Business Mastery in the search bar and hitting subscribe. Similar process if you are on an Android device, either download the Stitcher app, you can do it there, you can also do it within the Google Play Store, and just type in Service Business Mastery, hit subscribe, and then you won't miss any of the future episodes. Also, if you're willing, reviews in the podcast app or in iTunes really help the podcast grow. So if you enjoy what you hear here, then go on the podcast app and leave us a review. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on the Service Business Mastery Podcast.